Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast. I'm Conrad Olsen, founder and editor-in-chief of Scandinavian Mind. This podcast is a bi-weekly show about the intersection of lifestyle and technology. Every Wednesday we publish an in-depth interview with an innovator from the worlds of design, fashion, beauty, mobility or tech. And every Friday we publish a panel talk or other behind-the-scenes content from the world of Scandinavian Mind. Today we are revisiting a conversation from the Transformation Conference in November last year. The talk was called Smart Fashion, the Future of Fashion Through Technology and featured Muchanetta Kapfunde, founder and editor-in-chief of Fashionerd and Friedrich Timor, founder of Fashion Innovation Center. In this conversation, we talked about how the fashion industry will be disrupted by other industries, the need for new business models and services, and what will happen if Netflix decides to start selling clothes. I had a great time doing this panel. It's a subject that I will come back to in the weeks and months to come with these very people. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to stay updated on the latest news and learn about upcoming talks and events. Visit scandinavianmind.com newsletter. Here now, my conversation with Muchanetta Kapfunde and Fredrik Timor. Enjoy. Back uh, with another panel. I'm sitting here with Fredrik Timor and Muchanetta Kapfunde, and we're going to talk about fashion and technology, which is uh, a super exciting topic. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about this. I really want to have you guys on and perhaps give a little bit of a longer perspective on the world of fashion than than where we're at right now. Um, I mean, issues of can fashion become digital in the same way I've seen other industries like entertainment and gaming, for example, or what happens when our clothes uh, become uh, connected. Um, Fredrik, you are founder of uh, Fashion Innovation Center here in Stockholm and Muchanetta, you are editor-in-chief and founder of, of Fashionerd. I'm going to start with you, Muchanetta. Uh, you've been covering this topic uh, in your own platform for a few years. So how did you get into it? Well, I come from a fashion background. That's my history. Um, I started in publications and I moved into fashion PR. Um, and the reason why I started Fashion is because I've always been passionate about technology, but I felt like it wasn't being translated correctly. And that's why the industry wasn't excited about it. Because if you mm. don't understand something, how you expected to be excited about it, how you expected to use it. So Fashion was born on just the frustration that I had that um, the industry was unable to comprehend the role that technology can play in making it help, you know, make better business decisions. Mm. So fashion had started, I remember when I first started it, I was, you know, I had a community of one. And within six months, we'd grown to 20,000. Uh, and now we, we're standing, I think, at 87,000 in our community. So it's grown. And that showed me there was a kind of a need to talk about technology. Um, it just had to be translated in a, mm. in a language that more people understand. 
And what were some of the unlocks for you in the beginning in terms of finding a way to connect with it? As you said, the problem was connecting with technology sort of from yes. a fashion perspective. Where did you see it? Was it wearables? What was it? I started off writing a lot more about wearables because mm. they were kind of like picking up momentum at the time when I started. And I began first by building a community. Because in my head, I was thinking, what's the point of writing about technology if I don't have anyone to read it? So what we did at the beginning of, at the end of 2014, we started to build this community. And then we started Fashionate officially in January 2015. So you kind of have to have that engagement, you know, when it comes to writing about this space. Mm. Um, it's a very small niche. It's a very, not everyone knows about it. So you need to make sure that you kind of are able to give people the kind of information that they want or are you able to educate them so we are really big fans of educating uh, the majority uh, we try and speak to consumers we try and speak to the industry um, and we just kind of give a bird's eye view of what fashion technology means let's okay so let's take that bird's eye view and and uh Frederick, i'm going to move over to you and let's kind of frame the issue a little bit here <laughs> You know, obviously, the reason we're here, it's called the Transformation Conference. These industries are, are uh, standing on the verge of, of huge shifts and changes. Where do you see uh, the, the issues going forward? What's, what's, what, you know, basically, what's the problem with the fashion industry that needs to be solved, do you think? Well, as I see it, the problems as I see it, and I have to say, I mean, I'm not sitting with all the answers, of course, but, but as I see it, I think it's... One is, of course, sustainability. Everybody knows that that's a big problem. Uh, another one is actually revenue sources itself, like make money. Uh, and the third is business models. And of course, they go hand in hand, all of these. Uh, and I think that the fashion industry, if you look at it, I mean, you mentioned it yourself, that, that other industries or sibling industries like the entertainment industry and, and gaming industry have found completely new models, business models. I mean, you don't sell Monopoly anymore as a box. <laughs> uh, you do, by the way, but, but uh, they found other business models that seems uh, to be very good revenue streams. Mm. And I think that's really the problem for the fashion industry is that they're not prepared at all for this. You don't have users, you're not prepared, you have done done any R&D or research and development. You haven't built any IP in the, into the companies but you relied on a quite old fashion model, a uh, business model, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> which we could call fashion model at the moment, I guess. But um, so I think that that's the main problem to, to really like finding uh, business models that goes hand in hand with, with sustainability. So make more money <laughs> while being more sustainable through kind of business models. Give us some example here, because I think this is where uh, many people have trouble connecting with this issue. Uh, you know, we, we, we sometimes you hear about a company that's sort of the Netflix of something or the Spotify of this and that. But essentially, we, we think of fashion, we think of garments uh, that's being sold in stores uh, that's being opened all across the globe. Can fashion be something else than just garments? It's a question for both of you. I'm, I'm curious, Muchanetta. We talked about this yesterday, actually. We talked yeah. about it over dinner. We had, you know, it was all about um, looking at how can we change the industry. So it's kind of, it's like Netflix. Hmm. You know, imagine, we were saying, imagine having your wardrobe on your phone. Imagine being able to pick, imagine paying a subscription and you can, let's say I can pick this dress hmm. um, and then I wear it to this conference and then I send it back. 
you know, and then uh, so being able to pick and choose, so you have a wardrobe of many things, but you're not actually having a physical wardrobe with all your clothes in it, if you get what I mean. So the, the, the comparison would be instead of having all the CDs in your shelf, you have a Spotify subscription and everything available, something Indeed. like that. Indeed, exactly. yes. But also, I mean, another thing that, that these types of model enhance, I would say, is creativity as well. Because if you have a model where, where you could have a dress and send it back, would you most probably choose a more outrageous <laughs> dress? Uh, or at least have the possibility? Probably. Yeah, you probably mm. would, because yeah. the fact that you know that it's not a dress that you wear every day, but you, you'll be more, I guess, brazen to try it out. Um, because you know that you've got a subscription and you've got a certain amount of clothes that you can kind of subscribe to or, or, or get mm. every month. Um, and we think it's, it's a model that, you know, you might be able to apply it to fashion. Because, uh, you know, it, my Netflix account, for example, I pay whatever it is a month and I get access to all these movies and TV shows. Um, Netflix have me as a customer for God knows how long. And, you know, and I don't, they don't have to worry about something going wrong because they have me as a customer. They're right. always going to get that money out every month. It's just the way the model works. So imagine if H&M was able to do the same thing. And another thing that we talked about, I just need to add, is, is the experience layer. Because if you... If you have this wardrobe that we talked about that is a streaming wardrobe in, in lack of better terms but I mean it's it's similar at least if we're going to make the comparison let's call it a streaming wardrobe uh, if you add a layer so we were talking yesterday about for example um, uh, HBO TV shows that we both liked and we yeah. both reacted the same way when, when, when one of us mentioned the show like wow yeah and then we figured then we realized that that excitement was a very long time since we got from fashion you know, that excitement of... That connection? That mm. connection of... So, I mean, just imagine if you take Picky Blinders or, or some other show and you add that on top. So when you get your clothes home, you also get a cigar or a special whiskey or an experience and you're emotionally connected to that garment. And, I mean, if a company does that, that already have users, credit cards, <laughs> etc. well... Now you're onto something interesting because, you know, we do see these examples happening. We, we see rental services. We see, you know, I don't know, I think subscription services as well. But they all start from a sort of grassroots. Uh, they're startups. They're, they're trying to get momentum and so forth. What you're, I think, alluding to is what would happen if, uh, uh, you know, a Spotify or, or a, a similar service would provide, start providing clothes because the reach is obviously already there, right? Yeah. Could that happen? Yeah, I mean, electricity company created a refrigerator and revolutionized <laughs> our business. I mean, but that was General Electric. Uh, and if you look at it, I mean, a lot of companies that... that what do you mean by that example? Uh, electricity company started a refrigerator. What was happening before? What do you mean? I mean, before that, we, we, people bought pieces of ice or blocks of ice, you know, uh, to cool down whatever they needed to cool down. And that was a whole business in and out of itself. Mm. Um, but that business disappeared when General Electric introduced the refrigerator. I think what Frederick is trying to say, it was something that we were discussing earlier, where we, you know, change might come not from fashion, but from another right. industry. Yeah. So I think his point is like, all these people were making these ice blocks, and that was their business, to provide these ice for companies. And then in comes um, General Electric with a product that completely eradicates all these you know, ice block businesses and you know and in terms of fashion maybe what will change the industry will come from somewhere else maybe it might be you know scientists it might be we don't know you know but you know change might not come from fashion itself 
So you're saying basically that H&M is the maker of the eyes that's going to go away. It, or? It, 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 yeah, I mean, I'm saying in the sense that, yeah. I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, there isn't a the nice way to say it, but yes. in, in a way. <laughs> but I think that most businesses in fashion have that opportunity to change. And, I, and it's not a matter of one or the other. I think it's a matter of working together, collaborating mm. to go mm. forward. Well, I guess one analogy would be that it wasn't, uh, you know, a... Uh, um, Uh, a, a music uh, one of the music companies that created the streaming service right because they were in the business of selling these CDs um, I, that could be another analogy uh, to, to use and it wasn't Warner Brothers that created the streaming right, <laughs> video service right right so in, in blockbusters I mean that's all that needs to be said about them you'd have thought they would be the ones who were leading that because blockbusters everyone had new blockbusters but unfortunately they were too late to the game mm. and when they did finally do it mm. everybody had already moved on to another company that was offering them a lot more than what blockbusters was putting on the table is there now because now we're talking about the uh, sort of uh, distribution form of physical garments still i'm wondering can fashion be something else than the physical garment i'm thinking of course uh, you know when i look at my daughter for instance she's 10 years old she comes home from school uh, i mean she got two parents who are interested in fashion so she you know we kind of i, I guess forced that upon her she's, mm -hmm. so she's interested in clothes but when she asks for something uh, extra she wants uh, you know another uh, you know some points on roblox or uh, uh, um Uh, Fortnite or any of these platforms that, you know, essentially where she meets her friends today. She comes home, she logs on, she meets her friends within these worlds and she buys various types of uh, um, attributes mm -hmm. uh, that could very well be uh, um, likened to fashion. Are you following my thought here? I think, could yeah, could, I, but, could but, but fashion I, be as digital as actually things in the computer or the phone? Yeah, what I think I mean, first of all, I think that the fashion industry completely missed one thing, and that's that, especially the younger generation, is, I would say, 50% online, 50% IRL, and they don't see a difference. That's a floating for them, if they are online or not online. And especially, like you said, our kids, for example, when they play around in Fortnite, that's like a play yard. That's another just playground for them. Uh, but they need to express their identity. And, and I mean, at the core of fashion somewhere is identity. Uh, and if people are online, they need to express their identity. And then you need tools to do that. That is not clothes, but it's still fashion. <laughs> uh, and I really think that the fashion industry completely missed that or, or neglected or use whatever word you want. But they are not there for people online. Mm. I can't use fashion to express my identity online. More or less. <laughs> Do you agree? I agree completely. I mean, there's a few fashion designers, and I won't name drop, um, who have tried to create clothes for you know our online versions of ourselves. But right. it it seems more of a PR stunt. They mm. do it, and then it's never done again. So we need something that's a bit more, um, I guess, committed. We need them to commit a little bit more to it. Because, you know, I, I'm not a gamer, and I've been reading up a lot on gaming and fashion. And it's a massive opportunity for the industry to make so much money from people willing to buy these clothes in order to express their identity online. But no one's tapping into it yet. 
you know. But couldn't it be? I mean, one could argue that it's actually already happening. We're just not calling it fashion. I mean, I don't know. Fortnite is what's the turnover? Is like two or three billions of dollars each year, and all they're selling is skins, right? It's, it's skins. It's it's they have their avatar mm-hmm. and they're selling different skins. What's a skin? It's some kind of clothing. It looks different. Yeah. It 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 relates to the identity of the user. That's got to be fashion, right? Why why aren't we calling that fashion? I mean, that's one of the things that I usually bring up. I mean, this Fortnite example. That that uh, I mean, is Fortnite one of the biggest fashion houses in the world? Do we already have it? Mm. Are we missing that it's already happening? And, and I think in a way, yes, because uh, I mean, what Fortnite is doing in their own play yard is exactly that. I mean, they give people an identity, online identity in their game. But I mean, I would argue that even Spotify helps me more to express my identity than the fashion business. Because if I'm into a forum, for example, and discussing something, I can paste a snippet of code and get a playlist in that forum. And that playlist is like a band t-shirt because it tells something about me and what I like and I can be cool or whatever I want. But, but it helps me express my identity. So Spotify helps me more. What I, and what I'm talking about is those digital rooms where that it's not designed for that specific... I mean, like, Fortnite is Fortnite. But when I'm in another forum, mm. somewhere else, what can I use to express my identity in that room? Just like I can have my suit wherever I go. It's not just a specific room that I can use my suit in. And, 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 and a very simple, but good example is just a snippet of, of a playlist from Spotify. I can paste it anywhere. I can put it on my site. I can put it in a blog post. I can put it wherever and it helps me express my identity that's that's a simple example of of uh it's it's super fascinating i think we're gonna we're gonna round up uh, uh in the end to talk about what the fashion industry can do but i'm curious because uh, you mentioned uh I, I don't know who 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 have you mentioned other industries that could be uh benefit beneficial uh, to go into this mm-hmm. um what industries are those what what other industries could be sort of uh Pushing, pushing fashion in a new direction. I mean, um, besides gaming, um, I know that a lot of scientists are playing a role in material design. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Bolt Threads. They're not a fashion brand, but they're playing a really big role in helping fashion brands um, use a much more sustainable material. Um, Modern Meadow is another one coming up with new fabrics. So, oh yeah, and also washing machines. There's, they're coming up with ways that we can, um, our clothes cannot kind of create that kind of waste and stuff. And how can we do that? What kind of filter can mm. we make so our washing machines are much more better? So these are people that are playing a role in kind of helping the industry be more sustainable. So we're, everyone's like always saying fashion needs to be more sustainable, but it's not something that the industry can do on its own. We need to work with other people. We need to be able to work together to kind of reach that goal. Yeah, and also, I mean, if, if you look at if you look at the digitalization of fashion, then you've got multiple layers. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of those layers is the garment itself. Another layer is the connectivity, etc., and the services on top and the users. And I mean, just to, to run a user database with digital services on top, then you need maybe Google as your partner. I mean, Spotify is running on Google service, for example. So uh, that's all you need to talk about with, with Google. And then we have Ericsson, the Swedish telecom company. They mm-hmm because you need connected services and, and they need to be a fashion player. If we're talking about recycling on an industrial level, even uh, robotic companies like ASEA needs to get involved in becoming fashion companies. 
but we definitely it, it, it opens up for a much much wider uh, selection or, or, or of companies. So you're saying each of these industries could play a major role in a new type of kind of fashion uh, system or fashion industry, or I, if we define it in a different way. I think I say they will. Uh, actually, <laughs> not that they might, but they will play uh, because the telecom. I mean, it's too much money, like you said. It's too much money in the fashion industry. Um, people are not stupid, and Fortnite are not stupid, and the gaming industry is not stupid. Everybody understands it's a lot of money to be made. And if we connect, I mean, if you have one phone, or you have ten phones on your body, I mean, mm. connected devices, the telecom companies are interested. That's very, very lucrative. If we're talking about micro payments, then you got Klarna. Visa, <laughs> Amex, etc. There is no, no end to how much money can be made from recycling, from sorting of garments, from selling the data of where the fabric is produced. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of digitalization going yeah. on. Now, I was also going to say that fashion needs to offer a service yeah. the same way Netflix offers us a service and you know Spotify offers us a service. It needs to be more than going into shop, buying a dress and walking out. It mm, needs to be more mm. than that. People want more than just the product now. They want an experience. So if if the fashion business model was to change into being a service model, offering consumers something, then I think that would be the way forward as well. You know, and and it kind of will make them a lot of money because they will have consumers signing up, kind of being, you know, kind of being there all the time like they have with Netflix they've got a lot of customer base like you said they've got the credit cards and everything so it's continuous if fashion was able to do that can you imagine you know pandemic would not be something that would affect them so much because yeah we're we're signed up that's a good point we've seen fashion is one of the industries that's been hit the hardest of the Mm -hmm. pandemic because obviously they're dependent on people going to stores Mm -hmm. buying clothes uh um you know and also i guess when they're not out as much sitting at home they're not they're not they don't care as much about their their overall appearance getting on new outfits every day and Mm -hmm. so forth Uh, so what can the fashion industry do then what are some of the steps they should be doing or should we just Discard them and wait for the new wave. <laughs> That's a, no, I don't think we should discard them. Um, but I think it's an a, a evolution, and we we're, we're just in the middle of a transformation. Of, I mean, it happened in in a lot of industries. Uh, we've seen it last ten, fifteen years. And we have a lot of industries that changed completely. Uh, and I think the same thing is happening with fashion right now, and it's just started. So, it depends. I mean, it's it's a lot what you were saying as well. It's collaboration. I mean, if you if you find good collaboration, or if you transform your company into something else. I mean, there is a lot of fashion companies that, that have production chains that no one can copy. Maybe you can become a producer uh, or or a service <laughs> layer instead. So, so I don't think that the fashion companies have to go away, but they need to transform to fit into a new reality. I agree with that completely. It's all about transformation. And the unfortunate thing about fashion in general is that they're very proud of their craftsmanship. Mm. They're very proud of like being like, we do this and we're able to create this, uh, this, this type of ruffle. You know, it, it's a pride thing. And How is that unfortunate? It's Isn't unfortunate. that a good thing? No, it's unfortunate because when people, some people have that mindset, then they're less likely to want to adopt technology. Right. But what they don't realize is that technology does not take away from that. 
it enhances it, it helps it. It, you know, technology is a tool. It's not something where you know that you you kind of feel like it's going to change the entire business and and, and take away the artistry of mm. fashion. Um, it's it's just going to make it better. It mm. will help you achieve your goal faster or or in a much more precise or whatever it is that you need. So I think the industry needs to basically educate itself. They need to invest in their future. Um, they need to look at it and be like, okay, these are our problems, which we now all know because of the pandemic has completely highlighted all the problems wrong with the industry, even more so. Because I felt like most people felt like they had a choice, mm. but there is no choice. And also, I think that because we talked about that yesterday, because, I mean, we sit and talk a lot about technology, yeah, both do. you and me. It doesn't mean that we think technology is a solution for everything or it's mm. the best way forward. But, but we, I, I, both, I think we both agree that it will happen whatever we want it or not. Mm. And if you look at the music industry, for example, did we lose something when we went into streaming? Yeah, I mean, a record and, and, and the tactile feeling and, and the big picture and that a lot of people loved, myself included. We lost that. Yeah, we did. Did we win something? Yeah, we did. Mm. And I think it's the same with the fashion industry. Did we lose something when we got to the craftsmanship and, and all of that? Yeah, probably we might lose some of that, which is a pity, of course. Um, yeah, but, you know, relating to what we talked about before with the sustainability in the fashion industry, I mean, I'm guessing that the, 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 uh, such a huge part of the, the fashion industry today is about selling these pretty cheap garments that perhaps does not relate to the, the you know, the, the pride of, of, of craftsmanship and, and so forth. So uh, I'm guessing uh, craftsmanship in the sense the way we see luxury business over that perhaps could st still be around, whereas this you know the the sort of almost felt like before at least never ending spinning you know growth wheel of, of fast fashion would maybe that's that's part of what we should tackle right i mean fast fashion has become a dirty word you know people say it like it's a swear word yeah and i think that the consumers are looking for us the industry to offer something a little different mm. you know because at the end of the day though when you look at it you, take, you know we take a bird's eye view on the whole situation it is comes down to what's in your pocket mm. You know, if you've got five euros in your pocket, that's all you have. So you're going to spend five euros on a T-shirt. So I always think the solution is instead of offering a consumer a five euro T-shirt and let's say a much more better 999 T-shirt that might be a bit more sustainable, just offer the 999 T-shirt. Right, right. And take away the one that is less sustainable. We're going to get to some questions from the audience, but I want to end uh, uh, on, on one note for, in our conversation. Uh, you mentioned before uh, the issue of education, mm. and you know we've talked a lot about how, how the industry should transform, but I'm curious about the role of the designer, because it seems to me that you know whatever fashion will end up being, it feels like the designer should still be there, the same way the musician is still there in a sort of Spotify-type uh, 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 reality, so to speak. Where do you see uh, uh, the, the role of the designer going, uh, going forward? I mean, I think in my experience, I think the designer needs to, technology needs to be something that they can use with ease. They should be introduced to it while they're at university, whether it's using 3D printing, whether it's using immersive technologies or whatever it is, they need to know it when mm. they go into the business. Um, unfortunately, some students that I've come across are yet to be introduced to this technology. Some of them mm. don't even know it exists. Um, so that to me shows that the education system needs to also evolve. You can't teach something so old school to designers who are destined 
to be the next in the fashion industry. Right. Right. You need to also keep up with what's going on and the evolution of, of fashion um, is also very important. I mean, you were saying some interesting things about education earlier as well. Yeah, I, I was just saying something about the designer first mm. because I think that we talked about that as mm. well. And if you think about it, when we introduce new tools, uh, as a designer, I, I think that the designer just getting new funny tools to play with because suddenly you can play with time, for example. I mean, if you're the new Alexander McQueen that wants to be really outrageous, you could have a new suit where it feels like death and you get like this creepy feelings all over your body or whatever. But, but you can be super provocative and really be an artist and work with, with the clothes as a piece of art. So I, I don't think technology is limiting or, or is taking away the designer. Quite the opposite. They are the driver behind it. And, and they are the ones that will really explore what can be done and how it can be used. And they will come up with ways that we never dreamed about using technology. I'm absolutely sure about that. Mm. But, but yeah, the educational system, we need to work with that. And I can talk yeah. about that for ages yeah. as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for another panel. Yeah. It seems like <laughs> exactly. a, a, a rabbit hole. But I have a few questions here from the audience. Uh, can e-commerce platforms like Zalando and Amazon or Pinterest use big data and AI to research and design clothes? Uh, you know, I guess that's the question. Can, can, uh, uh, can they use big data gathered from these platforms? Will they, will they affect how clothes will look like? I, I I actually had a funny conversation with the guy that designs the AI for Amazon. Really? <laughs> yeah, in New York. Where we met in New York, so we had a, quite an interesting conversation. And one of the things I think that the problem is is that when you get on AI, I mean, and the way AI works, without going into that, you train it, and what it can do is is that it can of course find what people are interested in, and, and design something from that. I think that fashion, when it's at the best, is about not, I mean, it gives people what they didn't know they wanted. That's like the whole idea with right. fashion. You don't want to go to a fashion show and the clothes that they are shown are just what you expected. You want to be shocked. You want to be like, wow, I would never have thought about that. And that's going back to the designer and, and the role of the designer as well. I think it's really hard. Un until we get really creative AIs, I don't think that they can really compete with a designer. So okay, so just quickly before we end, uh, what do you think the consumer can do? If you know, look at people listening to this or in the industry, what what, can, what what are some of the concrete steps one can do today to sort of enhance this this evolution or put demands on the fashion industry? Or what what should people do? Because sometimes this topic can feel very far away and and hard to grasp. I mean, I would recommend consumers all the time to use their power because they are quite powerful. Mm. In the day. Um, the businesses want to want them to buy and if they're not buying then it's a problem so i think consumers need to learn about the brands that they are buying from um, they need to understand the materials that are used they need to play a role in this chain because it's not only the fashion businesses it also has to be the consumers it goes hand in hand um and i do believe that you know there's this conscious consumer thing going on right now and i do believe they've become more conscious and they are asking all the right questions and they want to know more so that kind of pressure on a, on a business kind of forces them to change right which is a good thing in my book Fredrik, any point no, words? Not, no, no, I think you've wrapped it up. I wasn't expecting a last wrapping up question. Um, no. 
Well, good. We, we'll, we'll be back soon with a uh, conversation with the cover star of our first issue, uh, Sophia Benz. Thank you so much for, for coming and talking about this interesting topic. I'm sure we'll get back to it soon. Thank you. Thank you Thank for you. having us. You've been listening to the Scandinavian Mind podcast with me, Conrad Olson. This show was edited by Eric Sedin. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your preferred podcast app like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. To get the latest news, insights and invites to upcoming events, sign up to our newsletter. Just go to scandinavianmind.com to become part of our movement.